welcome to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. Welcome to the Built on Air podcast season 11 episode. Are we episode? I think this is wrong. I think we're actually episode 10 because we skipped last week. So I have the yeah. wrong, I have the wrong uh, thing. I forgot to adjust the date on that. So we are episode 10. Uh, because we were off last week due to the holiday and other uh, circumstances. And so good to be back with everybody, myself, Dan Fellers, and Camille Parks with us. Hello, Camille. Hello. Good to see you again. Allie couldn't make it this week, but we'll be joined shortly by Rebecca Elam, who has been on the show before and friend of the show, and she'll be with us shortly. So good to have everyone with us again. We've got an exciting uh, show for us. I'll walk through what we're going to be talking about today. As always, the Built on Air podcast is a weekly live show. We'll go through a couple different segments. We always start with our round the bases, talking about what's new, what's going on in the different communities, lots of new features we're going to be showcasing today from Airtable. Then we'll do a spotlight on on Twitter, our primary sponsor. And then Rebecca will be showcasing a a base that she's built for her company to do manual app testing. And then a quick shout out to our community and how you can join. And then we'll end with Camille doing showcasing how she built her uh, website using Glide apps and Airtable. And we're just going to do those two segments today because I think they'll um, be quite uh, extensive, and there's also quite a few things to talk about in the roundup. So with that, we're going to start with the latest, greatest, hot off the press feature announcement from Airtable. And this was first spotted, as far as I'm aware, in the built-on air community. Shout out to Russell Bishop, who posted this screenshot. Um, this is off of a field. So if you look at the drop down off of a field, you'll see a new menu item called show dependencies. And um, Russell, I believe, is in an enterprise account because this functionality right here is actually only available to um, enterprise bases as far as showing all of the dependencies. But 
Jonathan pointed out that there's another feature that is at the table level. So if you click on the table level, you'll now see a manage fields. And I'm going to show you that. This is available um, on more than just the, uh, actually, I'm on a pro plan uh, with this face. I didn't check to see if it's on free or not. But now if you click on this manage fields, you get this menu. And I'm going to add Rebecca, who's now with us. Welcome, Rebecca. Just talking about some new functionality that just came out today. And so now you can see all of the fields in the table. You can actually click on any of them and rename them all right in the same interface. You can change the field types. Um, you can change, add descriptions to all of them and change the permissions. And then it shows the dependencies, but if you click on this, uh, it does require upgrade to enterprise to see all of this. Uh, or to interact with it and jump to it. Although it does show it grayed out, so you can see some things of it. So this is pretty cool. It seems like it's still useful. I think if you have enterprise, it'll probably let you click on it to jump to that automation or jump to that interface. But yeah. if you have a lower plan, you could still like at least see it listed. Um, and that that's super helpful. Um, they have that marker for primary fields, just so that you know. Um, obviously, my brain already is like, what if, it, what if it lets you do this? And what if it lets you do that? Um, it's been out for like roughly, what, an hour? So yeah. <laughs> I'll cool my jets. Uh, but yeah, you could add a new field from here. Can you configure a field from here? Like if you wanted to change a field, uh, like if it's, oh, yeah, you can. All right, cool. Yeah, so you can click there. It's also got a menu here to kind of the standard drop down. <clears throat> um, oh, that one you can't delete. Others you can delete through the menu here. Careful on that. So, <laughs> if you start selecting fields on the left with those check boxes, can you bulk change stuff? You no. can. Uh, you, you, what you can? You can if it's there. We oh, need permissions. Okay. Okay, if you select two fields of the same type, so click two date fields or something. Uh, here's two buttons. Okay. Uh, can't even change because uh, those are both not permissionable. Okay, so like I want to see, do you have more than one of an editable type? Like if there's two dates or two numbers. Uh, I've got URLs. Okay. Let me get rid of this thing. Because I know precisely what I want it to do. And yeah, I don't know if we can test it in here. So what I want it to do is if you have two or more fields selected of the same type, I would want a button that says, all right, you selected two date fields, edit the configuration for both of those date fields and change the formatting to, you know, European or American standard or, you know, whatever, or ISO format. Like I wanna do that here. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I would have been shocked if that was there. <laughs> 
because URLs don't have settings that you could apply. Right. If they don't have like, options, yeah. Well, now, I mean, now I must test. Because you would think that if they had it for bulk, that they would have it for one, right? Well, I guess they do if you click it. Yeah, that's yeah. why I'm. Uh, yeah, I would. I would be shocked if. Jeez. Oh, that was there. Anyway, it's very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, this is. Wait, wait, before you do anything, do you have the, the toggle at the underneath add new field? Click that thingy. At the top. Um, in the gray bar yeah. to that new field underneath that, uh, underneath where it says add new field, there's the settings button. Click that. Ooh. Example value. Ooh. Interesting. I think this just pulls from a record. Yeah. yeah. That's useful. Yeah. Buttons don't work. Especially for like formula writing and stuff like that. It's yes. Be much easier for those workflows for me. Yeah, absolutely. If I have, I've had it before where I have a couple of different formula fields that are concatenating a bunch of stuff together. And sometimes it includes the date. Sometimes it includes a name and then like the project number. And then I'll have another very similar field that's all of those things minus one. And seeing that as an example view column, oh, now I can see, well, this field gives me everything and the date and this field gives me everything except for the date so that's yeah. useful you can sort so oh uh, wow all right so kavan has tested for me <laughs> created two date fields but changing the field configuration only changed the first field okay um thank you for testing this is I bring this up because like earlier this past week, someone on the forums uh, was sort of lamenting that they have a bunch of date fields that they add and they constantly have to change the formatting with formula fields or individually through each configuration setting. And then it was brought up that like I did like a spec project where that's a thing that you could do with uh, the e extensions API. You can get in there and bulk change configuration options for um, different fields, depending on the type of field, like dates and checkboxes, all the ones listed in the screenshot I shared. Um, I'm it right now. Yeah, so at below this on the next like reply in this thread, I was like, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm actually gonna release this extension Honestly, I feel like it would work better as a settings panel. So like, I'd be happy to just hand it over to Airtable. Well, now they have a settings panel. I'm looking at you, Airtable. Yeah, here you go. I, I already know. did it. The code is done. So yeah. get in touch with Camille, get this added. <laughs> All right, well, cool. Yeah, so hot off the press. I, I, I looked in the community. Um, and uh, they haven't announced this new feature yet. So hopefully it doesn't get pulled. <laughs> that has happened before. Yeah, um, it seems like a fairly, like it, you're not changing functionality, really. It's, it's giving you a new way of looking at stuff you could have already done with the exception of the dependencies thing. Like that you could have figured out through investigation, but it's putting it all there in one spot. Uh, hopefully that 
um, you know, makes it a lot easy, easier. And Kavana saying you can uh, sort by field type. So yeah. that's useful. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I did here. Yeah. Well, especially too, if you use any sort of like naming um, or indexing concept, uh, like we do with the emojis, whenever I had to go back and put all of the field type emojis essentially back when they took them away on the detailed view, that took hours. I mean, probably mm -hmm. days to do. And just having this panel right here would have made that take minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a huge time saver to modify, update. <clears throat> even just renaming the fields, even if it didn't do any of the rest of the stuff, mm -hmm. just having the one interface to rename the fields and be able to just go down the line is, I think, going to be a big workflow changer for a lot of people. Yeah. And being able to see uh, example views and the description column right next to each other, it'll help you as you're like writing, what's the difference between these eight formulas now you can see yeah, yeah and of course field permissions you know it's nice to see that kind of just there yeah this actually might get me to use field permissions more that you can manage it all here <clears throat> yeah i only use it um a little bit most of the bases i use i'm functionally the only person in them um so i don't have need for permissions a whole lot of time except for uh, giving a field the permission of nobody except for automations. That's really useful. Yeah. Yeah, so good stuff. Definitely um, a huge upgrade in overall management of your base and tables, things like that. So looking forward to that. Let's keep on uh, the path of new features that um, are showing up in the built-on air community has been great to to bring these out much faster than Airtable. I don't think here's another one that Camille, you were the first to point out that I saw. Yeah, this was really that? random. I just um, for that same spec app I was using, I was just sort of like verifying, you know, what my options were, and then I was like, I don't remember dot being an option and then i looked at my code for that app and i was like no it's not an option because two months ago when i wrote this app you have to like write out what all the possibilities are and i didn't write dot there so that is relatively new i don't know how long it's been there but it's been there for a little bit yeah i hadn't noticed it before um it's you know i think it's nice um the one, the one thing that bothers me, and this is nitpicky, but checkbox and rating fields have the same selection for color and icon, except for one. Like the rating field has one less option, and I think it's checkmark. I don't think you can have a checkmark in a rating. Hmm. It's one of those. One of those wonder, six options, you can't have it. I wonder if that's because they thought it would be confusing with the checkbox. I'm sure they did, but also like... Just just make it, it's easier on them if they make it consistent. Yeah. And then I was also saying, I would like to have an X, like you can have a check mark, I would want to have an X. Um, and then I think I don't have any other requests for the checkbox field. I think it's yeah. nice how it is. Anyway, they added a new option. Yeah. There's another feature for you that also was not announced anywhere in the Airtable uh, forums. 
Here's one more. Um, display time zone. So this is a new feature. I can showcase that. You go to a date. Oh. Um, let's find a date here. Here we go. So now when you go into the customized field type, um, there's now this display time zone. What does that do? It just puts like the the acronym next to it. So you're always yeah. aware of what time it's being stored in Airtable as. Um, because you have the option of using one time zone for everybody or using everybody's like local time zone. And that could get really confusing. So it's just an, a visual marker. I don't think it really yeah. changed functionality, but it should change hopefully how, you know, or limit uh, confusion as people are editing the same base from like two very different locations. Yeah. Well, too, a lot of times with formulas, um, if you're working off multiple date fields and comparing a bunch of different dates, having one of those things in GMT throws off the whole thing. Yep. So just being able to see which one is even wrong, because if there are dates that are in the past or in the future, like you're not referencing to your time right this second, you don't know whether it's three hours ahead or 12 hours ahead or or whatever that is, this just puts the little guy right there so that you know specifically which one is wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it does, yeah. So if you're using the GMT, then and then you have that toggle on, so it'll show you GMT. So that's useful, because now you know that this is using the same date for everybody or same yeah. time. Let's see if I just messed up my date. Interesting. That's weird. Think, it, didn't, it didn't adjust it, but I think it leaves it alone. And if you add new values, I don't really remember how it works precisely, but it's it for me. It's a crapshoot of whether or not I want to use the GMT toggle. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely one of the biggest headaches working with dates. Yeah. Well, and so yeah. if we and I'm not like a developer or any of that stuff. Is this just a hard thing across the board? Like yeah. everybody struggles with dates? It's not, well, any JavaScript based system definitely struggles with dates. Um, I don't, I can't speak it for every coding language, but like it yeah. is, it's not easy. If you're working in um, like regular JavaScript or React, uh, all Airtable extensions are built in uh, a, coding library called React, which is JavaScript based, they have their own like packages purely designed to help you handle dates because it's difficult. <laughs> you have to, you know, adding and subtracting time is hard and figuring out what the third Wednesday of the sixth month is difficult and all that kind of stuff. So dates are hard. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's across the board just because time zones, it's just complicated. <laughs> All right, moving on. Another feature that uh, was brought up. Well, actually, we'll come back to that one. Let's stick with features. Um, okay, a grouping one. So this is in the group by show groups with no records. 
So that's useful. So now there's a little icon to show if there's no records, you can hide it. Um, I think that's only for select fields. Um, or, you know, things with like finite options. So I think select fields and maybe checkbox fields, because it could either be checked or unchecked, and there's no other potential option for it. Um, and the grouping dialog now, before it would show you like the list of every field in your table. Now it'll show you, if you have no group set already, it will show you the fields you probably want to group by. And those are typically um, select fields, or I think it also picks out uh, linked record fields, like the types of fields you typically do group by. Um, they'll put those at the top so that it saves, hopefully saves you time and looking through all of your things. Yeah, gotcha. Let's see. Let's see if I can see it here. I will say one thing that I really love on this is that they've kind of consolidated that initial UI experience across the filters, the groups, and the sorting. So you're kind of using the same little drop downs and things. Um, it's just a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah, so other field types. So this is a formula and it doesn't have that. Mm -hmm. See, this is one of those weird things too that I talk about always that nobody's using the same version of the product because I've had that little icon, that little eye for a while. I've had it too. It's it's not, to me, that part wasn't new, but they did change a bunch of like what you first see when you have the group by option. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so yeah, it, and it seems like they, uh, yeah, and some people in the thread were saying like they still have the old group by, so they don't even have this new interface. So they've got lots of UI changes in A-B testing. A-B testing, it's, it's so hard to troubleshoot for other people if you don't have the same yeah. interface. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is it's okay if you're A, B testing, but we're not just A, B testing. We're A, B, C, D, E, F, and G testing at any yeah. given time, and nobody knows what group that they're in. Right. So, Well, because it's not consistent because it's in one base testing this and another base not. And yeah, that's, re that's really confusing. At the user level. Right. If you're experiencing right. one thing in one place, you should be experiencing it in all of the others. Yeah. But that's hard because you've got different people shared to different bases and yeah, it gets... <sighs> Do it on the workspace level then, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 something. But I think that these are some of those things that they just didn't really think about whenever they set up their whole pricing model and their, their structuring of how they were gonna charge everybody and how people are gonna be on teams and things like that. You know, I guess some of these things you just can't really account for it at, at that given time, but I don't think that they've continued to handle it well once they figured out that this was a problem either. Yeah. Yeah, the other one, like I only have one base that has the new UI with the data interface automations up at the top, but I haven't heard of any, it sounds like nobody else is seeing that in any of their bases. It's just uh, for you, Dan. I know, but it's only in one base that I have it. It's just for that one base for you, Dan. 
yeah. It's well, and so I posted something the other day, you know, we got the new filtering options to be able to filter by a specific linked record field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually, I, <laughs> before I had done all of the investigation, I, I jumped Airtable's butt on the forum because I had thought they had taken it away because I got a nice little um, blue, like, information icon next to it saying Come available soon. And so I kind of freaked out because I've already built a bunch of things on on this particular feature. Well, anyway, come to find out later on, that was a lookup field. So we may, what it was actually saying is eventually you will be able to use that same granular filtering for lookup fields. And that's great news. But with the sort of lack of letting anybody know what the, what the behavior is and to then going to another base and doing the exact same thing and having it not, not do that. And then this particular uh, dialogue that creates this, I'm going to call it a bug for now is it only happens if you right click on the filled header and do filter from there in the little drop down. Am mm-hmm. I making any sense whatsoever? I understand what you're saying because I use Airtable all the time. Um, you know, it is what you stumbled across is atypical. I don't think I've ever seen there be a coming soon in Airtable. Stuff just sort of happens and you're like, oh, it's here now. Cool. Yeah. There was no announcement at all. In that thread where they were announcing the filter by specific linked record, there's one reply by someone from Airtable named Tim. And he was like, he was replying to someone else who was saying, it'd be great if we could do the same thing in lookup fields. And Tim said, that's coming. And there was no timeline or anything about it. And so you found the placeholder for that. So they, you know, he was being truthful, yeah. obviously, that it's coming. But it it happens never that they put something in place and say coming soon. And it's just not there yet. Normally, they just sort of put it there. So that is confusing. Yeah. Yeah, lots of lots of stuff coming out. Uh, one more, and uh, then we can move on. So there is a game we were playing in the um, in the built on air Slack community. Justin Justin started this. Never have I ever. So I was going to ask. I didn't see either of you respond to this. So we'll see what your responses are. So. So it's never have I ever Airtable style. What's something that um, you have never done in Airtable? So Justin started, uh, added a collaborator field to a base or worked on a client project that had one. I have against all, I know I said six minutes ago, oh, I'm usually the only collaborator in the base. I have used a collaborator field. Uh, What's something you haven't used? Oh dear. Oh no. <laughs> My problem is I build so much random stuff for other people. I'm the, I, this is why I didn't play because like, it's not that I personally use the feature. I built something for someone else and they use that feature. So I abstain. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, I've probably played with every feature for sure. Um, Hannah says understanding regex. I think many can. No one that. understands regex. Are you kidding? <laughs> I it's not a real thing. I take all my regex. 
Yeah, little ready-made formulas out. Nathan says, understanding the switch command or switch function, <clears throat> that can that can get complicated. Oh, that'll save you so much time. Yeah. Just, just power through it. That's what I'm trying to do with scripting right now. I think that probably writing my own script is my never have I ever. I use lots of scripts, but they are not my scripts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for me, it would probably be, uh, this isn't like a never have I ever, but a dirty secret is in our consulting business, we use a, another system for our project management. Okay, well, you got to spill now. We use ClickUp. <laughs> mm -hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Okay. So there's a dirty little secret. Honestly, the main reason is we don't want to have to pay for collaborators <laughs> so that we can give that's, our clients access to it. That's fair. I mean, that's one of the drawbacks, specifically of Airtable's pricing model. Yeah. We're getting a request from Kavan to show if you try to delete a field that has a dependency on it, it now warns you, um, which is very useful. So. All right. That is good to know. So that's, um, they also did put that dependency button in between the delete and hide field buttons. So mm -hmm. hopefully with it being essentially a button that doesn't work right now, because you have to be enterprise, it will stop some of the accidental deletions. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. We got one more and then we'll start with the, uh, with the other segments. So uh, I thought this one was kind of cool to show um, kind of a fun little um, use case. If you're interested in learning scripting and you want to see kind of how somebody else is writing a script, here's a good little use case off of, I guess, a meme. I'm not on TikTok. So apparently on TikTok going around, Steve Harvey um, says the success formula for success can be evaluated based off of men's suits and there's five color suits and you can make or three color oh, five suits and three shirts and that allows for a permutation of 75 different combinations and so he wanted to write a script that would generate all of those permutations and so and he shares the base he or she whoever uh the rhyme minister is and um good name yeah and uh, Kavan, also, who's who's a friend of the show, uh, gives some good feedback on ways to improve the script. So if you want to see kind of the give and take of ways you can write a script and then and then improve it, I think this is a good good uh, flow to to look at and learn from. Yeah, I I saw this thread, and um, my natural inclination is to just solve. So. Kavan did the polite thing, which is ask if they wanted help in the first place. So I, I was going to be like, well, here's how you really do it. And then I was like, let me just not. And so I'm happy that there's, you know, a more educational version of uh, perhaps what I might have done. Because the script at the top works, um, or at least it should work. I didn't test it myself, but just sort of reading through it, you know, perfectly fine. Um, but could be a little slow because uh, it's 75 permutations. 
If yeah. you've used Airtable scripting before, you might know that you could do 50 uh, batch calls in a, in a single call. So you could delete, create, or update 50 records at once. So you could do this in just two uh, cycles as opposed to 75. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, just a, just a nifty little use case. Yeah. Very cool. So check that out on the forum. We'll have the link in the show notes. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is the end of our round the bases. Lots of new functionality to play with and, um, and to learn from. So next we're going to go into Ontair, our primary sponsor. It's an all-in-one toolkit to run your business on Airtable. Um, and uh, for today's spotlight, we're going to do another sneak peek. We did this two weeks ago on our last segment of what's coming out next with Onto Air, um, something we've been working on for many, many months, and it's getting very close. We're a couple weeks away from releasing a standalone forms builder to where you can build a external form that does a lot of advanced functionality. We showcased uh, last time the ability to um, view linked records and edit linked records. This is the builder side of it where you'll be able to build it. And we just added uh, the ability to create field sets and columns. So you can actually have multi-column forms so you can have up to four different columns and specify how many columns you want. And then you'll have all of your fields that you can configure within each of these field sets um, and move them around and set up more advanced uh, forms with multiple um, columns and widths and things like that. So just a sneak peek at the functionality to configure all of the fields within your, your um, forms and, and field sets and, and configurations on that front. So very excited for this. Still quite a few things that we need to work out um, and get ready for launch, but this is coming. Our goal is by the end of the month, it might be very beginning of August by the time we get all the final kinks worked out, but excited to launch this. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback on functionality that you want to see in an external form solution. So look forward to that coming soon. Cool. Yes, lots and lots of hours put into that. <clears throat> All right, Rebecca, if you wanna get your screen ready, if you wanna share and you're still on mute. There. All uh, right, now let's see. We'll have you showcase what you've been working on um, oh, no, it's going to make me go out and come back. All right. Yep. All right. We'll wait a second for that. And well, until then, um, actually, Kavan said if we should, if we could showcase um, the base that uh, came with it on, on the one we were talking about. So let's click on this guy. I was saying it's kind of a cool um base with uh gallery view zoom under the outfits let's go to gallery there you go you've got all of your combinations we should get this in front of steve harvey <laughs> see this is like 
Airtable lets you do cool little stuff like this, and it's actually really, really useful. If you're familiar with a, what's called a capsule wardrobe, which is technically what Steve Harvey apparently described, where you have you know, a limited number of solid pieces of clothing, and they're supposed to be you know, not super expensive, but like high quality, where you could wear them over and over, and you have them you know, for different colors in different, um, you know, instances that you would wear them, casual, business casual, et cetera. And you just create many permutations of those statement pieces. Then you end up with a very, a very varied wardrobe that could last you, you know, your whole year without feeling too repetitive. That's a thing in fashion that is, I think, fairly common. And you could build something that helps you plan out your outfits throughout the day if that's something you want to do in Airtable. Yeah. All right, Rebecca, go ahead and share your screen if you're ready. Ready. And. Oops, that's all right. I'll just minimize you guys. Yeah, now you're live. All right, we can see it. Okay, so I am going to show the end result first because I think it makes the rest of it make a lot more sense. So long story short, I started working for a company called CrowdShare and I am head of product and we have to, we're at the end, the app's already built. Uh, we're in the testing phase. And the first thing that we want to do is some sort of manual testing. So we have purchased physical devices. We've hired testers to sit in a room and run through essentially a script. And uh, when I say script, I mean, literally do this first, then do this, then do this. And so this is what I came up with to kind of give them some sort of an almost bug reporting tool. So these are um, fake people and they are tied to tester accounts. And then once they, oops. Well, that's new. So it looks like if you filter by an exact linked record and then dedupe the records with each other, it's going to break your <laughs> filter. Good to know. Um, but you can see they just go in, click start testing, and they come to this little checklist. And so each checklist, we'll see the breakdown in the back, but it's been built off of a junction table that's looking at a master checklist and task list, and then rebuilding or building that with the script. So they can come in here, it's just something to make it pretty, tells them what to do, and they can fill out a form to say whether this step was successful or not. So if they completed it successfully, they just hit submit. If they had some problems, they can share their problems. If they could not complete the task, they can let us know there and provide the information about what they experienced. So the back end of that looks like this. And so what I did on that first page is basically, and there's uh, information on there that I can't share, so I uh, can't go back to it. But 
they have a button that says start testing. And that takes them to their unpublished um, interface. If we choose to use interfaces, now one of the problems that we're having with potentially using interfaces is obviously getting everybody um, logged in and all of that stuff. Originally, I had built this to where they could use checkboxes to check off their tasks, but between Pori's uh, bugs, because I also built a Pori site for this, and I'll show you that here in a minute, but between their bugs and um, the shortcomings of interfaces, I've had to rebuild this a couple of different times, a couple of different ways. Mm -hmm. So we went through live, I got to sit with a developer and essentially say, okay, what are all the screens and what are they all supposed to do? And we built this master sort of checklist. There's three different um, types of users within the app. Um, and so the first problem that I came up to when building this was that it was difficult to get the actual user's feedback back to the record and still be tied to that user. And so we ended up using a junction table script, actually the one that is default. In the marketplace? You could mm -hmm. like, yeah, that one. And I will say that I initially tried to use I think is it yours Camille I have one um, junction table assistant then there's link records by fields which effectively creates a junction table kind of and then there's the junction table script so all of them do slightly different things and it's not always going to be the case that any of those three do what you want them to do yeah, I just didn't have time to figure it out. That was mm -hmm. it. This one, um, I actually probably spent more time <laughs> looking for something else than if I would have just <laughs> gone in and, and chosen this first because I didn't know it was there. But it was super easy to set up, basically just saying what are the two tables that you're looking at building junction records for and so a junction record you can see here it'll just be tied to also the tester and the task i feel like i'm uh, this is the part where i always feel like i stop making sense but so i can take these master checklists and say okay now i know that every tester of the 12 testers that i have needs to have one instance of the join a channel under the ambassador user type so by running this junction script, I was able to have it come create. You can see tester one, join a channel. Tester two, join a channel. Tester three, join a channel. Yeah. And also create the tasks that go with that. So the tasks are the individual things that happen within that page. Um, so some of the fun little features, because I know this isn't like a super um, exciting <laughs> tool, but as they submit the reports, based on the outcome, it'll go through and check off their 
interface. So we go through here, start testing. And I go step one, preview. Out the form completed successfully. Are these read only users? Yes, they will be. Yeah. Okay. And so that will be there. We go. It gives you a nice big check mark to let you know oh. that one's done. That's, that's this nice. is one of those things that's going to be broken in November because I'm going to have to figure out how to get a new URL. Uh, oh, you're doing that with a formula. The No, I'm doing it with automations, but I'm using the Airtable URL. I don't know. Maybe I can, we'll still be able to store yeah. it somewhere. If you're, so what's happening? Your automation is taking the URL from an attachment and putting it where? In another attachment field? on top of the, it just clears the attachment that's here. Mm -hmm. Actually, the automation checks the checkbox, which clears the attachment and then puts a new attachment here. You're fine because what it's doing is it's uploading a new attachment. So the link is changing, but you're pulling from the attachment field anyway. So you're you're fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll show you what, what's gonna break <laughs> when my segue <laughs> comes up. Um. Yeah, so as they go through and check all of those things off, it will check off the whole, I hate that those open, I wish there was like a modal instead. Yeah. But we just got so many new changes in interface, I'm not going to complain. It's not as bad. You're using the app, so it pops you out, but if you were in a browser, then it would just go oh, into really? the tab. So it wouldn't be as. Jarring. So I think actually these are taking so long because it's running through two separate automations. Yeah, that is so something. So I'm probably to... going to condense that into just one. But once those run through and correct themselves, this would turn into that check mark and filter out of the page and so the and then if they did not mark completed successfully they completed with some difficulty or could not be completed it'll send a slack message to a slack channel for the developer to be able to um, take care of it kind of as we go and he's going to be sitting there live coding with us so um, he's going to be fixing and changing things as we discover them you can see some of my sort of uh, the way that I've structured this. We have the people on the team, the companies that we work for, and the plat platforms that we use. This is literally the platforms that we're working off of. It is a social media manager, um, the types of users, the testers, the master checklist, and then the uh, junction checklist, the master task list, junction task list, reports table, which says what the problems are, and then what devices we've purchased, the links to all of the platform pages, and then this will be the calendar for all of the different rounds of testing that we do. And so 
just real quick, I'll show you what I built in Cory for this because it is pretty cool. It's not super working right now. They're having some troubles, but they're getting them knocked out as quickly as we can report them. So that's always good. Just got to get it in before your battery goes out. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I it'll still give me a few minutes. Oh, this is cool. I don't think we've shown, maybe we've shown Pori interface in the past, but it's probably, been yeah, probably at some point they've changed a lot and added a lot in the interim. I know uh, Chris Dancy, who's on yep. the uh, off the record show, he uses Pori all the time. So I'm sure, you know, they get a lot of debut on that show. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, so the biggest thing that uh, makes me use Pori over anything else is the ease of their sort of listing, filtering. Um, and I've only recently actually figured this out, but it changed my reason for using Pori from being so easy to set up to being able to have this sort of portal functionality. And so what you're seeing here is actually a big master list of all of those users' tasks. But as they log in, I can set here, you know, this is the editor, so I'm previewing from my side of things. But I can see whose tasks that I want to use. So you can see here on tester two, that first task hasn't been marked off yet, whereas on tester one, it has been. And so you can show that user their records only, but then I can also set a view. So like this is master list is filtered down to an, a view that only has the ambassador tasks, which is one of our user types. And so it'll only ever show the ambassador tasks, no matter who's logged in. But if someone is logged in, they can see specifically their ambassador tasks. And That's so we can go through here and click view details. They do have now the ability to edit. Uh, I think it's all CRUD, uh, create, read, update, and delete um, for their users. So your users can actually come in here and have an editable record uh, or an editable uh, listing for them to be able to make changes to. I've been struggling with that a little bit. So I just went back to the way that I knew and put a button. And so the detailed view obviously opens this. It's the exact same thing as that interface. It's just in Pori. So I can just say, go to this website and log in with these details and not have to worry about pre-setting up anything, pre-logging into Airtable, um, any of the issues that I was gonna have to have before and some of these things are no longer issues because I changed the form that was behind here. Used to, you would have a checkbox that you could just check it off or use a form to report the issue. Uh, but in theory, I wouldn't have to have a form at all once everything's working correctly. I could just put that long text field here and that uh, uh, spot for the screenshots and things here on this page and they can upload the things to here. The other thing too is that this would work on the actual devices that they're using, whereas interfaces would not. They would have to have a separate computer sitting there with them to 
to be able to use those interfaces as far as I understand. Good stuff. That's awesome, Rebecca. Thanks for sharing. Are you planning to uh, submit that interface to the interface contest? I don't, <laughs> excuse me. I don't know. Um, I know there were some funny things about them changing things right after the scripting contest and all kinds of stuff like that. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get involved with the whole Airtable sanctioned events thing, but um, I think that it's, I'm super still new to interfaces. I've noticed that the people who were here for a long time before interfaces really are kind of like not, they're preferred to, at least in my experience, the only one who I've seen taken and really run with interfaces is Chris Dancy and he's made some amazing ones which is re I, it's always funny because i remember when they were first announced chris was like this is useless and, <laughs> yeah. and and then like a full month went by so for a while there was not a whole lot you could really do with it i guess um and then he was like wait a minute this is cool yeah if there's still a lot of stuff missing of course but like you know if you really get in there you could do some stuff but like you're saying it depends on if your device can even use it if you're if you have a tablet, you're kind of out of luck, kind of, you know, there's, there's limitations. All right, let's move on. Thank you, Rebecca, for sharing that. Um, it's always awesome to see real world examples and how companies are using Airtable with other stuff. So you can see uh, some of that stuff as well. I just want to give a shout out to anybody um, that's not in our community to join now. Like uh, we showed earlier, lots of cool things going on in the Built on Air community. So join us, builtonair.com slash join. That will get you into the Slack community and our newsletter. And we're going to end. Camille is going to show some cool stuff with her website and how she uses Glide apps with their table. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, so the cosmic timing of this all, I think, is just a little bit funny. So this was decided I was going to do this segment two weeks ago uh, before we took a break for last week. And then in the interim, like beforehand, I was like, I'm starting to use Glide more. I think um, uh, I'm starting to like it even more and more. They have Glide apps, which are sort of designed for your uh, the mobile experience, phone and tablet, and then the more recent uh, product they put out is Glide Pages, uh, which is more designed for the web browser. And for a while, I was like, I'm not sure if that has what I think it should have to be super useful. They've added a bunch of stuff in the interim. I've been using it a lot. And I'm like, wow, I really like it. And then like three days ago, <laughs> I went a little too hard in the paint in the uh, Glide community forums. I think I'm being ratioed right now as we speak. <laughs> So I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. Mia, mia culpa. What, <laughs> and it kind of gets into what I was going to talk about today. And I do not want to have this come across as complaining. Um, this is more so just my experience technically as a new user and the stuff I was looking for, what's there and what's not there. We are currently looking at a piece of my active website. I have two, one for me, the entity that is Camille Parks and another one for my company. And they're both static HTML websites that are loosely fed by Airtable. And um, the reason why I was saying stuff is gonna break is because I store my attachments in Airtable and you can't use static attachment links after November. 
So at some point I needed to change up my system. I was experimenting, what if I did it in Glide? And so far I've been able to build something that looks really, really nice in Glide. It is, I think, my favorite editor, um, visual editor. So Pori and Stacker and you know, Softer are all fairly visual website builders. Um, I dislike all of their editors. Um, and I hate Bubble. I've said that before. I think Bubble is a nightmare on, uh, as a designer and a developer, I think Bubble sucks, but that's just me. Um, Glide, I think, has the most intuitive editor, and I'll explain what that means. So I'm just going to walk through how you experience it. Um, you sort of create your pages, um, and you design each page. Um, right here, this is a, a list component. Um, they're called collections. It's pulling from my Airtable base. It allows you to group by a particular field. So I have a category for guidelines and visioning, uh, analysis and all that kind of stuff. So this is all one list component for projects. And that's just an option if I go over here, um, group by project type. That's a feature I really like. Um, and then if I wanted to design the individual page for each project, I can click on it from here and edit there. Um, oftentimes with other editors, you have it's a whole lot of rigmarole to get to the page that you're trying to design for. Um, I just find the navigation system uh, pretty intuitive um, when using Glide and then adding and dragging and dropping things onto the screen, I think is really nice and clean. Um, you can get, if I get out of the editor and just show you what it looks like published without extra stuff around it. Um, I think it's really nice and clean. Um, uh, ben French, who's a friend of the show, he did some testing and he was saying that Glide pages load really fast, um, which is great to hear. Ben, there are... Hmm? Bill French? Bill French, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Ben Green and Bill yeah. French at the same time. Yes. Bill French, sorry. Um, he said that they load really fast. Um, he did some testing for it, and that's great to hear. That's something that you want to hear. Uh, this is a fairly small site, but you know I can imagine that it still loads fairly quickly. Um, and this is all pulling directly from Airtable. They have a direct connector. They started off with, you know, build your sites with Sheets. Now you could build your sites with Airtable, and they have their own um, data store as well, where you could have Glide tables and not use. Uh, Google Sheets or Airtable. And you could use a mix of both if you want it. And sometimes that's useful. Glide tables um, have a bunch of column types that are, some of them are crazy. Uh, and some of them are things that definitely should be in Airtable but aren't. Um, you could see all of these, this icon means it's pulling straight from Airtable. If I just show you some of these column types. They have stuff for arrays that Airtable doesn't have. Make array, joined list, split apart an array. If you go under the array folder, you can append something to an array and keep it as an array instead of just, you know, text. Um, single, uh, one of these is called single element or single item where you could pick one piece of your array. There's a lot of stuff in here that's, you know, great. And uh, they have a column type called experimental code. <laughs> what? <laughs> because why not? Uh, where it, you could have code stored elsewhere um, and it would call like JavaScript functions for you. 
um, I have this thing that I've added. Uh, so all of these uh, columns are coming from Airtable and you can add columns to it. They're not gonna appear in Airtable. They're gonna only appear in Glide. But I have this thing called a placeholder image where um, this is a column type that's already in here. It lets you sort of uh, create an image from like a preset number of icons. Uh, which was useful for me because I have one project that has no attachments. So it let me put this placeholder image in here. Um, and then, you know, that's what we're seeing nice. uh, in this. So there's a lot that I like about the Glide Pages Builder. There are some things that, uh, you know, I wish were there and aren't. Um, if I, these are all links. If I hover my mouse over it, nothing happens, and I can't control that, which is, uh, you know, it's annoying for me because again, I built my current website like out of straight HTML and CSS, so I know exactly the effect I want to put on it, and it's this thing. I know I could do it because I've already done it with my current website, and I can't add that to Glide Pages, um, which is the point I was trying to get across in the forums. And again, I went too hard. That's my bad. <laughs> Should have toned it down and I didn't. Um, so- that doesn't sound like you, Camille. Yeah, yeah, I was supposed to be the nice one. I don't know what happened to me in 2022. <laughs> I went off the rails. Uh, but yeah, so essentially Glide apps, the segment of their product that is designed for the mobile experience. They have, you know, the capability to sort of hack your own CSS in there. And for Glide Pages, it's explicitly a feature that's only available for like the highest plan. Um, and my personal website is not worth getting like a the equivalent of an enterprise level thing. That doesn't make sense for me. Right. It's, you know, right. I, I update my website once every two years. It just so happens that this is the two years at which I was supposed to update my website. It's not really worth, you know, going through all of that. But, you know, there are little things that would be so easy for me personally to fix in like a second. And I can't fix it because it's not an option to fix it. Um, so they don't have uh, like straight CSS you can add? No. If you have the enterprise level, you can... Uh, you can add custom CSS. If not, you're kind of out of luck. Now, again, everything that you see here was done without CSS. So you can still make a really good, fast loading, always up to date website without any sort of coding whatsoever. Um, it's just, you know, I know how to code. I know what I'm looking for. I want to put it in there. Um, but yeah, I think it's it there's so much potential here it's very very nearly what i want for my personal website it wouldn't work at all for my my company website because i need to use outseta as my uh login and authentication um platform yeah. uh you can't embed javascript into the header so that's something you can do in pori i think you could, yeah, I think you could do that in Pori. You can't do that in Glide. So it would never work uh, for that secondary website I have unless they were to add that functionality. It doesn't super sound like that's something they're looking for. Um, 
So it would only work for my personal sort of website. And again, like it's it's so close. It's very it's very nearly, very nearly there uh, for for what I want. Um, but there there's I I definitely encourage people to get in um, to Glide and check it out, especially for the mobile experience. Like uh, Rebecca, I think you might, you know, if you have the spare time. I'm not sure that you even do, but if you had the spare time, just play around with their apps editor. It's because if people are going to be on their phones, you know, or their tablets, you could create really, really nice slick systems. Um, and then pages is so new relatively. Um, it's the equivalent with like interfaces where interfaces is technically still a beta pages. It's not a beta, but it's new enough that, you know, they're going to be adding features to it over time. And so if something you want isn't there today, it might be there in like, you know, a couple months. I don't know. Um, what gives me hope and what makes this again, cosmically funny, uh, the CEO of Glide is really, really active in, um, you know, a promoting, uh, the product he was on, um, automate all the things with Aaron and, you know, constantly talking about the product and the way he talks about it makes it really sound like he's involved in the development process. He's actively engaged and <laughs> Uh, he's the first person <laughs> to call me out on the, on the forums. Again, justifiably, I went too hard in the paint, um, but he's, he replies on the forums. That's such a great sign for a platform of any kind to have the literal CEO of the company care enough to read what had to be like the 116th reply to that thread and be like, you know what, that's not actually accurate. Let me let me clarify some things. So the fact they're still involved. So yeah. again, two weeks ago, when I said I was going to do this segment, I have said before, uh, jokingly, that as soon as Howie Liu, CEO of Airtable, becomes my best friend, I'm quitting the show. And then two weeks ago, I was uh, watching uh, David Siegel's uh uh, interview with Aaron on um, automate all the things, and I was like, never mind. I want that guy to be my best friend. <laughs> and then three days ago, he's your friend of me. Went too hard in the paints. <laughs> That's one way to get his attention. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. the the panic because I was like, wow. There, there's. I had a point underneath all of that, but it was like way too much. Like. I needed to focus, so. That was like our panic about finding out that Howie watched off the record at least once. Yeah, it is so, again, great sign. I have a lot of faith in, you know, there whatever minor things um, about my personal website that, you know, I really want to put this in and I can't at the moment. You know, total faith that it's going to be there eventually. Uh, so, yeah, um, if I make that transition, um, I will, you know, alert people, I guess, on the built on our forums. You can see my tester site. Um, I already posted this link so you could see what I've built already in the community. And if I make the transition to make this my actual website, uh, I will announce that and show, you know, maybe a deep dive later. Nice. Awesome. Thank you, Camille, for showing that. And uh <laughs> We'll end with uh, Melanie's comment here. 
Be right back. Got to go check out the Glide forums. Yo, <laughs> that's everybody. Look. So I don't, I haven't used Glide yet personally, but I've been saying in my like consulting and talking to friends, like, oh, my friend Camille keeps talking about this thing, Glide. And then they look it up and they all go, oh my God, we're going to get in this right now. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know anything about it, but you're welcome to start playing with it. Yeah, I, uh, it, it, it gives me the same thing feeling I get with Airtable and that it makes me want to build something because it's such a pleasant experience. You're going to hit walls just like you hit walls in Airtable, but you're going to hit different walls and you're going to be like, oh, wait a minute, I could do this thing in Glide, but I can't do that thing in Airtable. So again, just be aware of what its limitations are and you know you have to be on a certain plan to get certain features yada yada all that kind of stuff melanie if you want the drama it the thread is like they're talking about css capability in glide apps and then go through go to like comment 115 or so and then you'll see me appear from the ether and go too hard and then literally the next reply is the ceo being like, no, 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 that's not accurate. And then I have to like backtrack hard. <laughs> I haven't returned. I'm scared. <laughs> All right. We'll check that out for today. Thank you, Camille and Rebecca. Thanks for coming on the show. Always glad to have you on and see what you're building. Um, thank you everyone for watching and we will see you next week on Built on Air. Take care. Yeah. Thank you for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor, ontair.com, and we will see you next time on the Built on Air podcast.